Hello and welcome to that film studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at The Mitchells versus The Machines. Directed by Mike Rianda in his directorial debut and co-directed by Jeff Rowe, The Mitchells vs. The Machines is a computer animated science fiction comedy film produced by Sony Pictures Animation. The movie is out now on Netflix, but if you haven't watched The Mitchells vs. The Machines yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. The Mitchells vs. The Machines was also written by Rianda and Rowe uh, with Phil Lord, Christopher Miller and Kurt Albrecht serving as producers. Lord and Miller, having previously worked with Sony Pictures Animation to bring us the two Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball films um, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, as well as Warner Animation Group's The Lego Movie. Luke, you have the plot. Young Katie Mitchell embarks in a road trip with her proud parents, younger brother and beloved dog, to start her first year at film school. But their plans to bond as a family soon get interrupted when the world's electronic devices come to life to stage an uprising. With their help from two friendly robots, the Mitchells must now come together to save one another and the planet from the new technological revolution. So here we are, another um, another Sony Animation Pictures movie. I'm using too many descriptive words. Um, this this I mean I've got to say this was a lot of fun. Um, straight up, the animation was the first thing that that struck me, um, more so than just what I got from the trailer. But you know, actually sitting down and watching this film, I feel like there was more. There was more to it than I was expecting and straight away I was getting Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse vibes. Um, even though the design is very different straight away, I was just getting the same sort of energy, the same, like just crazy. There's always something going on and happening. Yeah. There's a lot happening in this movie. <laughs> the visual design, like the animation style. Yes. You do see elements of into the Spider-Verse, but it's, it's the layers, it's the texture, isn't it? So it's like it's, it's 3D, but at the same time, there's elements that look kind of 2D, but I can't really, just like with Spider-Verse, it looked different to what we'd seen before. And although similar in style, it makes sense it's from the same people, but it's yeah. different again. And it is well, it's sort of crazy, it's chaotic, and I've got to be honest, I, know I watched this film with my two kids, age three and eight. And it really is crazy in the opening. And I get it, you know, our way into this movie, you know, we've got, the, we've got Katie, she's getting ready to go to film school and that's her life. And she's making a lot of movies and graphics and everything else. I am glad they toned that down because when the movie started, <laughs> it really starts, I thought, wow, there's a lot going on a lot of the time. And they, I, did, I think the they first... did start to pull it back. Yeah, I think the first moment I was starting to question what 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 are we watching? What is happening? It was yeah. the comparison to the of the dad to the monkey thing and it was like it was like the movie started yeah. tripping out. And I was like, this is like yeah. some crazy YouTube like an acid like, trip. Editor. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's, it's something like, you'd see like some rookie on YouTube doing like their first edit and they just don't know how to self control themselves. And, and it's that's like, Katie. Oh, but that's the point. That's the character. That's yes. the whole thing. And, yeah. But not, to, I thought, not to knock her abilities. No, but. no, no. Well, for her age, 
<laughs> I think very it's good. great. But I thought... I mean, she's, she's got all of film school to teach her the ways. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the whole movie. And, and although it was novel, entertaining, and it worked in the opening, I'm really glad that wasn't the whole movie. I mean... I, just, I mean, if this was my, if my lifestyle was like this, you know, I, I could almost say I would want to watch this movie again, you know, with a little bit of something, something in my drink, you know, like just <laughs> don't need it because I feel like the movie, the movie's like doing this. it for you anyway. You don't need any extra stimulants. I feel like I'd get, I'd get lost in it. It'll be, it'll be too much, but it is. It's, it's so energetic. And I don't know. I really love the designs. Like you said, there's lots of layers to it. Whereas I think, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was sort of like that 2D cell shading mixed with 3D animation. It was almost like this was reverse. This was yeah. 3D animation with 2D shading as the as the secondary thing, which is kind of something a little bit different. But like the design, I feel like the designs and the animation quality was so detailed, you know, in the character designs and looks and stuff. It almost looked, almost like it was claymation to a point where it was mm. like, they're really popping and then the backgrounds were just left to be sort of subtle and and then it was just all the special effects and when i say special effects i mean like the like, like the, the 2d animations and, yeah and, all yeah. of that just as a as an extra pop so so much happening you know what, what? i'll say this oh. it looks expensive it looks like an expensive movie and you know Which, you mentioned like you know sony pictures animation it was going to yeah. be on the big screen Netflix. Well, well that's the whole thing. And then, oh, well, that that goes into the explanation of like the title change. Like originally, the title was the Mitchells versus the Machines, and then Sony Sony wanted it to be called Connected. And then when Netflix picked it up, they were like, "No, we're going back to that original title, the Mitchells versus the Machines." I mean, so, it's a it's a mouthful, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> oh, but it works, and I think it it explains the movie better than and connected too many questions too many questions but yeah the fact that this went to netflix especially with the world kind of getting back to normal and movie theaters kind of opening up again and things are happening you know the success of godzilla versus kong and even mortal kombat i think was doing pretty decent like people are going to the movies this movie could have done pretty well Financially, but yeah, it's a Netflix it, thing. It could have, but it, it's bound to reach a much wider audience. Like I mentioned, well, I watched it with my kids, and you know they did enjoy it. But this is maybe not one that would have gone to the movies to see anyway. We'd have probably waited to rent it. I mean, right, I was interested, it. and we talked about it on the podcast back when it was called Connected, and it looked a lot of fun. Yeah, and mm. and it is, and everything else. Like, there's so much happening. <laughs> In, in this movie, I mean, essentially, it's pretty. It's basic, really. The story. It's Mitchell's versus the machine. It's in the title. That's it's in the title. That's literally the movie, and they need to get from one place to another place to shut down the bad people or the bad machines. That's the movie, but it's everything else, all the chaos that happens along the way. Well, it's great. That's actually like this is a road trip movie in itself and when all the shit hits the fan it's still a road trip movie they still have they're still on the road they're still traveling um they just have a new destination i guess um and that's really cool like there's the whole family um dynamic but look there's like it's not just crazy animation and weird shit happening like the movie is genuinely really funny um i 
it got real laughs out of me. I was sitting there just, just like, yeah, just laughing pretty much throughout. I think there was probably a, a little bit of downtime, you know, right before the third act sort of kicked into gear, you know, when the movie sort of starts going into its like feels and all that, all of that kind of thing. But really, it's really funny. There's so much action. There's, you know, I mean, it's, it's people versus robots. So, you know, there's laser beams and, fire and stuff explosions mental i'm going to go out on a limb and say this danny mcbride playing the dad i think this is my favorite danny mcbride <laughs> performance the is guy, it because he's not being danny mcbride but this is the thing he never doesn't he never does not sound like danny mcbride which you know that's what i want you know if i'm watching danny mcbride i want to get danny mcbride but the character that he's playing here, like, because what you said there, him just doing him, that's what we often get. And it works mm. for the most part. And he's often funny. But in this, though, he's actually, you know, again, this is a chaotic movie, but there's moments of genuine drama and emotion between his dad character, Rick Mitchell, and his daughter, Katie, that I don't think I've seen from Tanya McBride ever. <laughs> but we're getting it in this performance. We're, and getting, I'm like, wow. we're getting new we're getting new range. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, this would, animated, I would say I would say so. I mean the animation's working with him, but at the same time though, it's his voice, it's his performance. And yeah, I was generally impressed by McBride in this. Well actually you know you touched on there like the dynamics between the dad and the daughter. So you got Danny McBride's Rick and you've got Abby Jacobson as Katie. And I think that even though this is a family dynamic that we've got, you know, there's all these other moving pieces. It's, it's them too. That really is the core of, I guess, everything that's sort of unfolding. Um, it's their relationship at the forefront. That's sort of, you know, there's the conflict there's, he doesn't really, he's not really into the fact that she's going to film school and then he wants one last family sort of connected, thing oh there's that title um uh so the dad instigates you know the road trip and then as the movie plays out it's sort of about him sort of learning to appreciate and love what she is and who she is and vice versa and it's good it's funny because me and the wife you know we sat down we watched this and at the exact same time both of us like she was like oh the daughter's being a bit of a dick and i was like no 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 the dad's being a bit of a dick so we were coming at it from two different sides. And this was like at the start of the movie, you know, when we're just meeting the characters. So I found that really interesting. Hmm. I mean, I thought they both were. And they're supposed to be. Well, that's it. You were, then, you were obviously a more level-headed uh, viewer. <laughs> and the learning, uh, the whole thing is about learning from each other, but being your own person and acceptance. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what you want from a family movie like this. You want something to laugh at. You want to feel... But, but it's nice when there's like a genuine emotion. There's a feeling there. And I got it from mm-hmm. this. And I'm curious, with you being a fairly new parent, are you seeing these movies differently than how you used I'm to? Seeing, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm seeing a lot of movies very differently, including movies I've seen before. I'm seeing them through a new lens. This one in particular wasn't, I don't think, um, was affecting me in any different way so i reckon i would have watched this the same way i think the fact that 
I don't know. It wasn't really like, oh, maybe because it's a daughter. I don't know. I mean, I do. I felt, I felt on board with this movie. I, I felt yeah, like it was pretty normal. You've got a son, uh, but me having <laughs> having two daughters and being a dad and knowing more than likely there's going to come a time when they're going to fly the nest. And yeah, you know, you just yeah. you can't they're help be but individual human beings with their own personalities and their own interests and their own you know, choices and stuff like that. And I guess, like, with this Katie character, like, um, I mean, we might as well address it. Like, the, the movie does go out of its way to have the character be free enough to, I guess, have a, a same-sex relationship or, like, at least hint at it enough, which I think is pretty cool. It's still annoying that I feel the need that I have to point it out and celebrate it, I guess, but it's something this movie does. and they don't make a big deal about it, which I think is cool. So I'm celebrating oh, that. The, yeah, that's the best way yeah. to show that by not making... It's just a thing. It's just a part of the character. It's a creative choice and it works. It just folds into her character, her individuality, and I guess all the expression and stuff that comes with it. Through, Like we mentioned, you know, all the crazy video edits and special effects that are bombarded. Um, but there's all these other characters as well. Like we've got the mum played by Maya Rudolph, who is uh, Linda. And she, you know, for the most part, is a very supportive, encouraging mom, just wants everyone to get along, is sort of the the, the gatekeeper of peace for everyone. Yeah. This and is a very, the... it's a very level performance for Rudolph. She normally goes big. Yeah. But, you know, in that third, <laughs> in that third act... Oh, she kicks ass. Basically... She becomes like a superhero, which I thought was awesome. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, that was, I was like, here, here's a mum just just getting it done. Um, and then we have maybe my favourite animated character in the last few years, um, a direct, uh, is he? Yeah, director Mike Rianda playing Aaron, this son, who is a big fan of dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, he okay. likes his big sister. <laughs> like, I'm like, I can relate to this kid. I'm like, you know, got an older sister. I like dinosaurs. That's you. That's big. <laughs> you <laughs> summed yourself up perfectly. <laughs> I'm this kid. It's cool. I can I can relate. But the four of them add in throwing the dog as well. The dog just doing weird shit throughout the whole movie. The licking, the weird thing with his eyes. Like, Do, like you know the amazing the, the dog, right? Monchi is actually. Mm. The performance is a dog. Yeah, and apparently it's Doug the Pug. Doug the Pug, an internet sensation. There's memes. Yeah, he's like some apparently. big YouTube thing. It's, it's a thing that's completely passed me by. Originally, they were going to go to a professional voice actor. But in the end, they, um, they cast Doug the Pug. And he's forcing yeah. the dog. I mean... You know, since, just like since Aladdin's since Aladdin's genie, you know they got Robin Williams, a celebrity to voice an animated character. Obviously, they're doing that now with Doug the Pug. They're getting a celebrity to come in and voice. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, don't know where I'm going with this. But... No, I mean if you... it's a... <laughs> I mean normally, <laughs> normally they'd go to a voice actor. I mean even if yeah. if you look at like where's movie... Frank Welker? Isn't he like well, the the animal? Well, he's Scooby Doo, isn't he? But if you look at the movie sure. Moana. And you've got the the brain damaged chicken, hey hey. That's Alan Tudyk doing the clucks. Normally it's weird, I mean, isn't it? Yeah, I, it is weird. weird, but normally that's that's what happens. They'll go to a voice actor. 
Uh, but not this yeah. time. They've cast a dog. Don't know how that works. I guess they've just got Sometimes it the it's just for the... It maybe, has a, maybe there's a poster. There's like a cool poster and that, you know, they're, they're using it as a marketing tool. Doug the Pug as Munchie or Minchie or whatever the hell his name is. Um, we've got Eric Andre as um, Dr. Mark Bowen. So he's like this Powell Labs, well, I guess like the founder. He's like a Steve Jobs type or a, who's the Microsoft guy? You know who I'm talking about. Bill Gates. Yeah, that's the one. You know, one of those kind of, yep. one of those kind of names. So so he's in here and I think he's, he's doing a fine performance. Interestingly enough, um, Abby Jacobson, obviously voicing Katie and Eric Andre, uh, Disenchanted. They're the two, basically the two lead voices in that. So there's a bit of, there's a bit of early trivia for you. They I shared project. I tried so hard with that show multiple times. Can't do it. I think I've managed maybe five episodes. <laughs> you have to you have get to, into it. You have to be like have that like Futurama love, I think. And I'm into Futurama, Simpsons, but I just can't. I just can't get into it. This movie, though, I had a good time with this yeah, movie. Yeah, no, okay, yeah. And there's, there's a big name in here that we've not got to. There and I, I love that she's in this. Olivia Coleman as pal, the virtual assistant invented by Mark and essentially the big bad of this movie. And I know she's got kids. Yeah. And normally she doesn't do work that they necessarily want to go and see. She does great work, don't get me wrong, but mm. not necessarily age appropriate. Look. I've only really started to discover um, Olivia Coleman um, and then sort of what she's capable of. And of the obviously, I'm, I'm late to the I'm late to the party with her because oh, you really you know, are. Her name's been floating floating around. Um, but you know, like that recent movie, The Father, where uh, what's his name just won just won bloody Anthony best Hopkins. actor. Before. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Like she's I mean, in she, that. She actually recently. More- she recently did a voice role in The Simpsons. She had like a whole episode. Oh, that's cool. To a as a as a starring guest role. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, you know, like I guess this isn't her first. Well, potentially it was. When was this made? Like two years ago. And it was <laughs> delayed. Right. Well, and potentially. I mean, it got delayed a couple of times at one time due to COVID. Yeah. But she has took a much more serious turn, obviously, outside of this and her Simpsons appearance of late in movies like The Father. Broadchurch, which is mm. absolutely phenomenal, three series of that. But for me, I go back to Peep Show with Mitchell and Webb. She's oh, that was it. That. <laughs> well, Peep Show, okay. Yeah, like she she was Mark's girlfriend in Peep Show. Uh, she's in Hot Fuzz. She's fantastic in Hot Fuzz. Like you can go back and oh, wow. she's done so many comedies. She's been around for a very long time. She's um, going to be this face that I'm just going to notice everywhere now. Oh, you will do. Already she's pre-existing. been around for a very, very long time, and she has always been excellent. And she can really do it all, like comedy, yeah. drama. Oh, she's there. We just need her to um, cut loose and do an action movie. Maybe that's what she needs to do next. <laughs> that's what's missing <laughs> on her mantle, on her genre. But no, like again, like she's great. And what a cool villain, like a, a Siri AI type kind of entity and and just the physical comedy that comes with her literally existing in a in one single phone um like the bit where she has had a freak out and she's like put me on the table so i can flip out <laughs> and the phone's just like like a dead fish like, or <laughs> almost dead fish not a dead fish clearly alive but no just yeah good stuff 
good stuff. And, you know, they do stuff with the character that, you know, you think it's going to go one way, but then it's not. Like you think, oh, they're going to win her over with like this motivational speech. And then she's like, you know, I wasn't programmed yesterday or something like that. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, yeah so some good stuff. She's good. It actually occurred to me as well when we're, we're just talking there. She's been cast in a Marvel show. So maybe she'll get to do a bit of action after all. She's in the, what do we say? The uh, secret, was it Secret Wars or Secret, secret Invasion? Secret Wars, right. Secret yeah, Invasion. Okay, yeah. She's in that MCU Disney Plus show. The one with the scrolls. That's the one. So maybe she'll get to her. Um, cut loose in that. We'll get to see just do some action and she can tick it off. <laughs> well, there it is. A few other um, actors in here that we can just go through. We've got well. There's basically there's another family, the neighbors that they that they come across on their little road trip, and they're sort of like the, the superstar versions of of this family that we've got. You know, they're all well put together. They're synchronized. They're awesome. They're basically like little action heroes themselves. Um, voiced by Chrissy Teigen, John Legend, and the daughter Charlene Yee. So. Another bit of early trivia. I'm clearly not going to have any trivia later on. Um, but yeah, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, uh, married couple in real life, playing animated versions of a married couple. So that's nice. Outside of this, I guess. Chrissy Teigen, <laughs> she did that show with LL Cool J, Lip Sync Battles. The, um, the Lip Sync Battle. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the Jimmy Fallon spin-off show. That's yeah. the only other thing that I... Noah from that's pretty much what I've seen her in there's other characters and stuff throughout you know like we've got the the two sidekick robots that you know they get sort of damaged and then they kind of um come on board as as like they help the Mitchells kind of thing we've got the we've got Eric and we've got the Deborah bot 5000 Fred Armisen and Beck Bennett so again these are literally the the epitome of you know your comic relief sidekick characters that are along for the, the them and the dog um but it just shows this movie's full of all these zany characters and, and bits and pieces there's, there's again so much going on they really got a lot of mileage out of the dog didn't they they just and it, it never I, it never yeah. stopped being funny the robots it didn't get old work out what it was and it's like oh God, how many times was... did they do that joke but it, i think it, it's it like one of those got, things never got old <laughs> you can repeat a joke so many times right so it's like first it's funny and then if you keep repeating it it sort of becomes not funny anymore but then if you push it just a little bit further it becomes funny again i think they nailed that both with I, yeah, with the I, I, dog I pink bread yes and the and the dog licking and stuff, <laughs> still in the licks. Like <laughs> two great two great gags. But with the dog pig bread, not only did they push it to the point where maybe it wasn't going to be funny anymore, but then it became even funnier. It actually became integral to the whole finale. Oh, it was how the, they took was, down the machines. The key plot. It was, it was like that song in Mars Attacks. Like it was it was the the saving grace of, <laughs> of the movie. And yeah, of and the movie the, of the of the movie's plot. <laughs> And, and the, the gag of the dog licking the dad. Hilarious. <laughs> like, you know, you knew when, you know, when Katie's lying there and it's like, oh my God, could be dead. This, this animated cartoon character that I've, I've grown attached to could be dead. You just know it's like, well, she's not. She's going she's gonna to pull a dog gag with the, yeah. And it's exactly what happens. Still loved it. Still thought it was funny. It is. This movie ends like a few times. I feel like... 
when it when it ends the first time, I was almost like, wow, we could have just cut to credits and I feel like that would have worked. But then it's like it sort of moves on. And then I feel like it kind of ends again. And then it moves on again. Like it kind of just jumps forward a few times. I liked it. It gave us a, a good conclusion and let us know where everyone was. But yeah, it was it was unexpected. I thought it was like, oh, okay, we're done. The the move the end of the day, you know, everyone's happy and saved. But no, there was still a bit more going on, which is cool. But yeah, overall, I think um, worked out well. So let's on that. Let's rate this movie. What would you give this movie out of five? I did have fun watching it. Um, I was interested ever since I saw that first trailer. Watched it with my kids. They they enjoyed it too. A lot of the gags were were landing for them. I was a bit concerned at the beginning because I thought we were going to get too many graphics and the whole look of the film was going to be too crazy. Uh, but they really did rein it in. Danny McBride, fantastic as the dad. Visually, you know, it looks different to most animated films that I watch. I wouldn't. I don't know if it's something that I'd go back and watch again in a hurry. Although I did really enjoy it. I mean, even like Cladwy Chats and Meatballs, Lego Movie, there was something in them that made me want to go back. This is a movie that I enjoyed, but I'm going to come in at a three point five out of five. Yeah, no, look, I had I had a, a lot of fun. I found it like it was sometimes you watch a movie and, you, you know, like you find yourself checking the time. And when we started the movie, you know, it's, it's almost like two hours long. I was like, that's long. That is long for an animated film. Um, almost two hours. I didn't find myself checking the time. I didn't find myself wanting it to wrap up. I was just really enjoying the ride. Um, and like you said, you know, those movies you mentioned, Lego Movie, Clay with Chance of Meatballs, you know, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. It's like there's something about them that makes them stand out above a lot of the rest of you know, other animated movies. And, you know, Pixar movies aside, I'm talking just non-Disney, non-Pixar, other, what else is there, sort of <laughs> DreamWorks and... And they like these ones that they just have so much energy and so much pop to them. There's there's something really appealing about them. I'd revisit this in a heartbeat. Um, I'm coming in with a with a strong four out of five. All right. Now on that, I said um, I said I might not have any trivia, but uh, something popped into my mind. I've sprinkled a bit of trivia throughout, so I'm just going to leave us with a bit of an Easter egg that we came across. Um, Katie, obviously, she's got a love of film and stuff like that. There's heaps of references and Easter eggs to all sorts of bits and pieces, lots of stuff in her bedroom, lots of stuff throughout the film or, or sprinkled everywhere. But I noticed her socks that she has, um, they're the same print as the carpet in The Shining in the Overlook Hotel. Ah, wow. That's very, cool. Very nifty. Which is kind of, it's interesting because in Toy Story, in Sid's house, there's um, they use that same print on the carpet there. So it's like two two animated films referencing this very adult horror thriller Stephen King adaption. Blows my mind. I love it every time. Great carpet. I want to yeah, see if I can get some. Great bit of <laughs> bit of trivia. You know, recently you know we talked about the. Space Jam trailer. What's the new movie called? A, a, a New Legacy. We talked about yeah. that trailer. And there's A Clockwork Orange. 
it's Pennywise the Clown. Mm. It's strange what they're putting into kids' movies nowadays. I feel like, yeah, at least, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's this, not like this we had... is different, you know, with the, you know, the, the, the socks match the carpet is different. Yeah. But, it's, but still, though, it's a shining reference in this movie. It's cool. Good bit of trivia. Nice. All right. Well, that's it for our review of The Mitchells versus The Machines. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We have on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. We also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. All our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmstewpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Mortal Kombat. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from That Film Stew. See you soon. <laughs>